Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Cow Lot, where cowboys and cowgirls shop for hats. The Cow Lot has a history of service, quality, honesty, and integrity. Continuing the Western way of life, how you wear it, and how to preserve it. You're guaranteed to get your hat fitted and shaped exactly how you want it. I'm very picky when it comes to my hats, and the owner, Glenn, and his crew have never let me down. So head over to thecowlot.com, order yourself a new lid, and tell them Dan at the Modern Cowboy Podcast sent you. And remember, you can tell by looking. It came from the cow lot. Today's episode is also being brought to you by Canyon Coolers. Canyon Coolers sells ridiculously cold, seriously tough roto-molded coolers. With long-lasting ice retention and innovative designs, your next and last cooler should be a Canyon Cooler. You may be surprised to find out that Canyon Coolers held ice significantly longer than a Yeti Tundra in a five-day ice challenge. Jason Costello, the CEO of Canyon Coolers, describes himself as an ice retention expert, and that is what Canyon Coolers delivers, ice retention. As I just stated, Canyon Coolers held ice significantly longer than the Yeti Tundra in a five-day ice challenge. Canyon Coolers sells two series, the Pro Series, which is their flagship, and the Outfitter Series, which is their classic original design. Sizes range from 22 quarts to 150 quarts. Canyon Coolers are headquartered in Flagstaff, Arizona, and are constructed of USA-made materials and offer a lifetime warranty. Modern Cowboy podcast listeners can receive a 10% discount using the code MODERNCOWBOY at checkout when completing your order at CanyonCoolers.com. So head over to CanyonCoolers.com, order yourself a new cooler, and tell him Dan at the Modern Cowboy Podcast sent you. Today's episode of the podcast is also being sponsored by It's Jerky. There's no food more cowboy than jerky. I've been a fan of jerky since I was, oh gosh, as long as I can remember. But I was on a recent trip, actually, I was out and uh, stayed with Cody Cowden for about a week. I was leaving his place, driving back to Arizona, and... I wanted to get something to eat, and something I wanted to eat something good though, just a a good snack. And I didn't want to have fast food, so I, I actually pulled into the Flying J to get fuel. Thought, well, they might have something here. So, I, and I, I thought, man, if I get some beef jerky, that'd be great. But most of the time, beef jerkies are just overprocessed and uh, full of all kinds of chemicals. So I actually went in there and was perusing the aisles, and I came across this this jerky called It's Jerky, and I looked at it, I read the package. And I was surprised that the price was uh, was so good. It was a pound of jerky for like $20. Anyway, I ended up buying it. Jerky was amazing. I absolutely loved it. And now here they are sponsoring the show. So uh, big shout out to them and big thanks for, for their sponsorship. And I would just uh, highly recommend you head over to itsjerky.com. Order yourself some of this amazing high-protein, low-calorie fuel for your body tell them dan at the modern cowboy podcast sent you where are you cowboys and cowgirls at hey everybody this is dan hillenbrand and welcome to modern cowboy the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world i'm glad you're here so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired motivated educated and entertained as i interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy Welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. I'm, I'm really excited to have my guest on today. I, I, I have to just start by saying I, 
I kind of feel bad a little bit, uh, and I'll, I'll explain why. Brian reached out to me back in 2018 and uh, just sent me a DM, super nice DM, just complimenting the show and, and the guests that we've had on and, and you know, how much he enjoyed it and, and hearing the people's stories. And, and, you know, that's what the podcast is all about. And, and then I guess we messaged again. He messaged me again about uh, some other people, about having some other people on, which I ended up having both of both of the people, the wife and the husband, uh, Tammy Pate and Kurt Pate, uh, were suggestions he made. And, and I ended up meeting them, you know, just by, by chance uh, for certain circumstances that I was in. But anyway, uh, so then, um, I don't know, I don't know if we messaged a few more times and, and I, you know, follow him on social media. Now, Brian, Brian Kendrick is a saddle maker, so, uh, and an amazing saddle maker. Well, he happened to post this picture of these shotgun uh, shafts, and, uh, you know, I've never owned a pair of shotgun shafts in my life, and I'm, I'm always Johnny come lately on everything, but I saw these, and I'm at, I just fell in love with them, and I thought, these things are so awesome. So I reach out to him, and I said, hey, got this gig going this year, and I've, I'm going to be able to wear some shotguns and, and look all punchy and fancy and, and whatever, and He's like, yeah, well, you know, I really don't make that stuff. You know, I, those were a pair I made for myself. And and so then I'm, I kind of go into my salesman type mode. Well, you know, I promote you on the show and this and that. And he's like, I've done six years of saddles to build right now. Like two saddles a month, you know. So, so anyway, so somehow I, I, I convinced him, um, at least I hope I, hope I did. We, we started – we started a whole plan on working on him. I'm, I'm, he's going to build them for me. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting a pair. And here I am. I'm doing a double close here now on him. I'm looking forward to getting those shotgun shafts. <laughs> and, and what's interesting about him, I was talking to him about them. I said, man, they look so cool. You know, that leather, the, the way they look, is that just because they're worn a little bit? Well, it turns out they're like buffalo, which makes it even cooler. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, I, I, and I, and anyway, I'm excited to have them on. Uh, I'm excited to get my shaps, <laughs> my shotguns, but uh, but I feel kind of bad in, in in a way. The other thing about Brian too that I noticed the first time I talked to him is this guy has a uh, contagious laugh, man, and he's just like uh, just, it's so comforting to 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 talk to the guy. He, he calms me down because I'm wound you know tighter than an eight day clock. But uh, anyway, super excited to talk to him. Guy does amazing work, uh, beautiful beautiful uh, saddles that he builds. So, hey, Brian, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Heck yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I've never, I think I, I may have told you one time before, my wife, uh, when I told her I was going to be on a podcast, she said that he must be pretty hard up if he's asking you to be on a podcast. There's, there's plenty of other interesting people out there that are <laughs> more suitable to talk to than me. <laughs> but thank, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, you did tell me that, and we both we both laughed. And your your wife has to have a great sense of humor as well. She does. To be to be married to me, it's a yeah, it's a. I I I test drive a lot of one liners on her, and sometimes they go over good, sometimes they don't. And so anyhow, she's kind of my guinea pig. <laughs> so so let's start from the beginning, man. How did you get How did you get started in building saddles and leather work? Um, so my grandpa, I grew up, he, I, I lived next to my grandfather, um, and he had a repair shop in his, in his basement. Um, and, and he, he also sold a lot of factory saddles and this was prior to internet, you know, <laughs> wherever you can just get on the internet and, and order something. And so, um, he done a lot of business that way, selling factory saddles and then also, uh, just repairing them. He, he wasn't a saddle builder himself, but um, obviously had fixed a lot of saddles. And so I was always intrigued by going, when I went over there. Um, so how his, how, uh, how his shop, it was in his basement. And so there was a door, okay, so there was a door that went down into my grandpa's basement. And when you showed up, you had to ring the doorbell and then he would come and let you in and so on and so forth. Well, anyhow, I was always looking out the front window to see if somebody was there. And whenever I saw somebody that was there, I'd go over there and 
always go downstairs and I'd just sit there and I'd listen to them. And I, I love to listen to, I mean, you had all walks of life, all, all different individuals come. There were people that were just had horses that they just went trail riding on. There was guys that were working guys. There was rodeo guys, you know, and it was just everybody. And I was always, I just, I just loved being in the middle of it. So anyhow, that's, that's kind of where it started. And then in uh, junior high, I started repairing saddles and different things like that for him. And then um, as I, a grandma, she would build uh, shafts and do things like that. And so I started doing a little of that here and there and built some rodeo shafts and, and so on so forth for friends and Anyhow, so during the summers, I would just build build shafts and ride horses and and hang out with hang out with my buddies. And that's what I kind of did for for money. And so that's that's where it all all started. And then um, from there, you know, I just always was really intrigued with saddles and always just wanted to just build them. And then as you start kind of understanding the different qualities and, and you know and different things like that, you you start looking and thinking and man, I, I could do that, you know? <laughs> and so, and then you, and then you start wanting, you know, better and better. And so you, you just keep on trying to improve and, and get better. And so now it's, it became a beast. I either needed to shoot it in the head or feed it. And so I decided to feed it. And now here I am a full fledged saddle builder. So <laughs> yeah. But. Well, I, I gotta say this. I, I got, I got, I got tons of respect for you, and and for people that you know have the skill. I always wanted to make stuff out of leather. I always wanted to build stuff, and so much so that um, I don't know if I've told this story before, but my grandfather, who, who I just looked up to so much, and who I think influenced me to want to be a cowboy uh, in in a lot of different ways, he gave me a buckskin jacket when I was like nine, ten years old. Well. I thought, well, I'm going to make something cool. So I started cutting this buckskin jacket up. Yeah, that, yeah. That's kind of, you know, you get an idea of what my mentality is like. But I thought I was going to be able to do something doing that. So throughout the years, you know, I was in Boy Scouts, whatever. You know, we made little leather things. You made little keychains, and And then uh, I had this idea in my head I was going to build a saddle one day. I even went as far as one time I even bought a tree. Um, and I bought leather, and I was going to have this guy train me, and it, it never happened. Then I went to work. For this guy, I mean, just part-time, you know, I was a chiropractor, but I'd go to his place, and he was going to build, teach me, and he goes, well, we're going to start you out by repairing stuff. So I'm over there working, cleaning these saddles, repairing it, and I realized I'm doing all this work. He's not training me how to build a saddle yet. And, but anyway, it, it wasn't meant to be because I, I just, I never, I, the things I did make, I'd get done with them, i go, man, that really doesn't look that good. So it's something I always want to do, but I just realized now it's better to just enjoy it from, you know, people such as yourself. Well, I, you know, Dan, I, I always tell people, you know, cause they're, especially with social media and different things like that, you know, people can just, you know, they message you and, and ask you and, and, you know, they'll ask you advice and, and I, anybody that really wants to learn saddles, repairing is a way to start because, you know, you, you learn, you learn, you can start seeing when a saddle is built good and when a saddle is built not right. so good, you, you know, and, and, and it's just like anything, it's just practice. And the one thing that is the most aggravating is how much time it takes and then how hard you're always on yourself. When you finish something, you're, you start comparing it to somebody else. And, and a lot of times as you're comparing, you, you forget that, Hey, that person's maybe been doing it for 20 years longer than right. I have, you, you know, and, and so it's, it's kind of a, a challenging thing and it doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you have an artistic talent uh, just naturally? Because I mean, with your carving and your drawings and stuff that you do, was, was that something that came natural to you? Uh, well, I, <laughs> I don't, that's a good question. Um, uh, I, I do come from a family that um, there's there's artistic a lot of art stuff kind of going not not necessarily as 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 much as like uh, 
pitchers or anything like that. But um, I'm kind of the black sheep in the in the family. Um, my <laughs> my brothers and my dad. Uh, my dad owns a he he has a auto body shop and a fabricating shop. And then um, on on the other end of the building, my my brother uh, does a lot of with snowmobiles and four wheelers and stuff like that. And then gotcha. and um, well, they are like crazy. It's neat to see the stuff that they can they can come up with and and how you know right. and airbrushing and just pinstriping and all that kind of that stuff. And then they've just got a knack for you know turbos uh, like for turbos for snowmobiles. I spent a lot of time under a welding hood, you know, welding turbos up for snowmobiles. And and, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, that's to learn how to make something go faster and and to have it run as smooth and as crisp as they can i mean in in its own right that's an art and you kind of have to any my i don't know i think any artist that is good or any person that's good at what they do they they probably would never say that they have it figured out and they probably would never be satisfied with what they have accomplished they're always trying to think right. out of the box Right. I think that I think that um, encompasses any quote unquote artist, you know, type of a type of a deal. And so, so anyhow, to answer your question, I I don't I don't come from like an artsy family as far as doing what I do, but kind of people that want to push the limits and want to let's try this and see if it works, you know. And so, um, and we my dad at my dad has always kind of been like, well, you know, we can't necessarily afford the best, but we can try to make the best, you know, <laughs> and so, right. And so that's kind of, you know, it's just, that's just where it happened. And so how, how it went down. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the uh, uh, necessity is the mother of invention, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah I like that. Yeah, right. um, so when did you build your first complete saddle? How old were you? Oh, um, so my first complete saddle, I built, um, probably, oh, how old was I? I was probably 20. I was in my twenties. Um, probably 23, 24, right, right there. Um, I had, I, I bought a set, I bought a set. Well, I don't know if you call this built complete, but what I'd done is I, I bought a saddle from my grandpa and anyhow, I, when I'd got it, I just tore it down and I kind of made patterns off of the patterns that were already the, the, uh, off of the pieces. And then I tweaked this, I tweaked that. And then I just built that saddle back again. So I guess um, that would, yeah, I don't know if that is considered building a saddle from scratch from day, you know, but I, yeah, that, that was, that was the first experience that I had that, um, you know, with all new leather putting back on there and, and doing all of this stuff. And um, so about that time, and then, and then it was probably maybe five, four, four years after that, that, um, I had built uh, the saddle that that has the, the number one saddle, the saddle that marked number one. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. When did you – and the other thing, too, did you guys have a ranch? I mean, did you grow up on a ranch? Because you, you got cows now and stuff, and uh, you got some great little ranch hands. Of videos of your, kids. your kids are absolutely just darling. That video of your uh, – I can't remember which one it was, but your son was out. And he's on that, I think it's a little gray or a little white, little white pony. And he's <laughs> cattle. And then you pan over to the, to his, your daughter, his sister, of course, you know, and she like sticks her tongue out or something. And it's just, it looks like this guys are having the best time. But uh, did you, were you, were you guys raised with cows or? Uh, no. So no, we, we didn't, I didn't have um, any cows growing up. My dad from time to time, he would, uh, he would buy me a couple calves, you know, and, and just kind of, we, you know, you'd, you'd teach them, you'd, you'd first, you'd buck them, you'd buck them out. And then when they quit bucking, then you'd decide to throw your pony saddle on them. And then you'd try training them to ride. And then after that wouldn't work, you'd put the harness on them and see if you could drive them. <laughs> just, you know, I just try to go do that. But, um, I grew up, I grew up in a, in a fairly agriculture rooted community. And so, um, right. yeah, so that was, that's kind of how I grew up. Uh, my, my grandpa, he would, by 
um, Shetland ponies. And that was, Shetland ponies was kind of a, I don't know if a big, a big deal or not, but um, I rode a lot of ponies for him and, and then he would sell them. And then um, in junior high, I met, uh, I met two of my good friends in eighth grade at junior high. They, they moved from their other school to the junior high I was going to. And both of them came from very active cowboy families, you, you know, rodeo and ranching and cowboy. I mean, just, right. And so anyhow, so I, I contribute <laughs> a lot of who I am today to their influence and the influence that their family had on them. Oh, excuse me, had on me. Um, right. And then at the same, you know, on the same note, so thankful for my parents who just, you know, they, didn't have a much of the same interests as I did, but we're just more than, I mean, more than happy to go above and beyond to help, to help. I mean, just to help me live how I wanted to live and, and participate in the things I yeah. wanted to participate in. So, so yeah, that was, that was kind of a pivotal point in my life when, when I got met, when I met Cody and Hadley. And so. <laughs> That's very cool. But. So when did you start building saddles for a living? I mean, because that is, that is, that's your main, that's your main yeah. business, correct? Yeah, that's my main, yeah. main job. Um, so for a living, um, oh, probably, so I, I don't know, probably about five years ago was probably when, so up to that point, right. up to five years ago, I obviously built saddles um, with, in conjunction with my, I had two full-time jobs is what it was, you know? And so, right, so, right. but it was, yeah, it was about, about five years ago. I decided, you know, I mean, this, you know, if this is something I want to do, you know, I, I, you know, let's just go jump in both feet and, and I right. can't thank my wife enough <laughs> for, for that, because there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into, uh, changing your lifestyle when you don't get a paycheck every two weeks, you know? <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. So, yep. That's for yep. sure. Like you told me the other day, I mean, you are, you've got saddle orders for, I think you said the next six years and building two saddles a month. Yeah. And <laughs> I hate to say this and I'll probably get, Oh golly. I, I just up front, Dan, I appreciate customers that understand because <laughs> right yeah. now I'm, I'm, I'm behind from, okay. So yeah, I've, I've six, six years out and I tried to do two saddles a month, but as right now I'm, I'm about seven months behind of where I should be. And man, I, Oh man, it's, I just appreciate customers who, <laughs> who understand and, and don't yeah. lose their cool, you, you know? And, and that's, that's a whole, another part running this type of business that you didn't think of when you were starting that there's a lot of, right. a lot of times, you, you know, there's a lot of time you have to spend with customers and, and saying, Hey, I'm sorry, please. You know, I I'm working, but yeah, I'm, I'm behind. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, you're, you're building everything as you know, just, you know, by hand and you're doing it yourself. I think you said you, you might be getting, a shop assistant or something to help come in and help you a little bit, but I don't know if you did that or not, or. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, I've had a couple people throughout the last couple of years come and help me and, and it's been good, but I had one kid, he, during the summer he goes and he's a range rider. And so during the winter he helps me. And then, um, and then I've got another gal, uh, Jess, who's been helping me you know, the last little while. And, and I feel, <laughs> I kind of feel, she she's a mom and she lives a long ways away and she and they have a they run a ranch but she wants to she's she's just determined she comes whenever she can and and I I appreciate I know she feels bad that um, sometimes she can't have as a consistent schedule as is maybe what we think we should you know she should but I appreciate everything that <laughs> the time she does get to come and spend here so yeah <laughs> yeah very cool. So you know, you're, um, does your wife, do you guys, do you guys, is your second business cattle or is, is that just a, a side deal or does your wife take care of that end of stuff? Or, I mean, besides, I think you have three kids now, right? Yeah, I got four, four. Um, oh, four. Yeah, the, the fourth one, she's, she's still just a little too young to go out and traipse around the sagebrush just yet, but she likes to, she yeah. ain't sure from, from day one, she'll, she'll straddle in and start 
you know, giddy up, giddy up, you know. <laughs> so, so we, we do have, yeah, we have four, four kids, three, three boys and one girl. And, um, and so, yeah, that's what we have, but no, I don't, um, I, I personally don't own any cattle. I just, uh, there is a, a family that they live in Utah and they have a place up here that they, that they bought. And, and so anyhow, so for the last couple of years, I've just day work for them from time to time and they asked me if I would be interested in in kind of running the cows for them this year and so anyhow that's that's what we've been doing for, um, prior to that I'd been uh I'd run yearlings and different things like that through the summers and um yeah when any anyhow and then obviously before that you know before that you work for this place or that place and so, <laughs> so right yeah but so so does your wife, uh, does, does she help you in the shop at all? Or she, she probably helps keep the kids out of the, out of your way when you're trying to get work done, right? Oh, yeah, she, that's again, she wishes she could come out and, and, and give me a hand in different things. But yeah, between keeping the house clean and doing laundry and planning dinners and <laughs> beating dogs, oh, yeah. you know, it's kind of, it's yeah. kind of, she, yeah, she don't get, she has, she has came out and built stuff and she, she does enjoy doing shafts and stuff like that, but it's just where we're at in our life right now. It just, it's not, <laughs> she, it's too hard, you know, kind of, kind of spreading the butter a little too thin. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so let, let's talk about the saddles a little bit and just, I don't, I guess, theories or different thoughts and, and, and there's, and there's all kinds of different things, but just, you know, just to, let people know that some people may know or may have forgot. I think I kind of forgot, you know, the different riggings. I mean, they got riggings. What do they call them? Like they call it full rigging, three quarter rigging, half rigging is, yeah. am I, am I right on that? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they, um, so that would be considered the rigging measurement. Um, and okay. you know, there's different measurements, full double seven, eights, you know, three quarter single, uh, center fire. Um, and, uh, that just, places that that just says the rigging is going to go further to the front of the saddle or or closer to the center center point of the okay. saddle and so that's what that's what that means um and then you have your different styles of riggings you got your flat plate your in skirt your d rings um and then you got like your uh your seat your seat rig and um yeah and so those are that's that's the style of the rigging and then and within those styles of rigging, you can you can place um, the measurements. E each style, you can put those measurements where wherever you need to have them. So wherever you want. Okay. And if you sometimes when you if if you're like you know fitting a horse and the horse is right there and someone's real particular, you can set that rigging up just based on the horse's confirmation too. Or yeah. you do that. Or yes. Yes, you can. Um, so for like rodeo style of saddles uh most you know a lot of times uh, most of those saddles are a full double where um if you take the back of that saddle horn and just run a straight line mm -hmm. straight down it would go through the center of the rigging ring or rigging plate or whatever you're using um and, okay. and that's just uh that's kind of the style for the rodeo rodeo saddle um but yeah as far as the horse's confirmation um you, there is a lot of stuff that you can do. I know when I talk to customers and I do ask them what kind of horses they're riding or, you know, are they riding, you know, something's got a lot of wither on them, something's kind of round. Um, and how, and then obviously how much, uh, how much the horses do get rode, you know, because with right. today, a lot of the performance industry or horses, you, you know, they, those horses may get rode five, six days a week but but they're on such good feed that they don't physically ever really get rode down you, you know what i mean type of a deal right where uh, a cowboy's horse <laughs> you know a lot of times they sit they sit in the pasture while the guy's out haying and as soon as they it's time to go back to work i mean those buggers will get hammered you know or it's just flesh and bones <laughs> so you, yeah so you kind of take that into consideration but dan the one thing i've learned is that you, you yeah you kind of want to build something that will fit a lot of horses and 
you know, because you, you tend to go through horses quicker than you go through saddles. <laughs> right, right, gotcha. Yeah. Now about trees, I know that just heard a lot about, you know, having a, uh, like the rawhide covered trees, you know, and I think they use the, the oak, is that what, am I right? They use oak for the wood and then rawhide covered. Um, and then now I, I see, uh, heard about, uh, you know, a lot of these, these uh, fiberglass trees. Uh, do you have a preference or what do you, you know, what are your thoughts on trees in terms of so, functionality? So, um, so as far as uh, I, I, I don't know much about um, what exactly what styles of wood and different things that the, that they use to build the trees. I, I know um, my neighbor uh, doesn't live too far away from here. He he builds his own trees and and he's you know he has said that there's different woods that have different densities and you know and stuff like that that are better for certain parts of the tree. You know. Um, Right. I, I wouldn't dare say <laughs> say which, what the names are just because I, I I can't remember. But but as far as um as far as uh rawhide covered trees or Kevlar covered trees or fiberglass covered trees or um I've used I, I've never used a five a fiberglass covered tree. I've just used rawhide and Kevlar covered trees. Um I mean they the the rawhide covered trees you know they can they can they can kind of flex and they can kind of move you know if if with the horse uh, and, right and that's good um, most of those trees have a warranty like a little amount of year warranty on them the Kevlar covered trees usually have a lifetime warranty on them um, and they're solid like there's no flex there's no bend in them um, and so anyhow I I I kind of like I mean I've used both of them and I've been happy with what both of them are produced, you know, and so, and then, um, also it does depend on, uh, I don't use any, I don't use, I use a couple different tree makers, um, because just kind of depending on what part of the country they come from is what their style stems from, you, you know, if, uh, just, you know, if you kind of want more of a performance kind of a, Texas punchier look, you know, you kind of use somebody that right. builds trees for Texans. You want something that's, that's more of a, a slick fork, you know, big horn type of a deal, kind of a north, you know, a northern part of the country. You you, build, you buy a tree from somebody that builds it like that. So, so anyhow, right. I don't, I don't really have any one set pattern I follow. <laughs> I, try, I, you know, just right. because it's, I enjoy doing something a little different every time. So. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's interesting. Cause I, I've never heard of Kevlar covered trees. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. And, and I, I don't, I would like to, I talked to my, my neighbor, Larry, he, I, I do tell, <laughs> it would be fun to come over and to, to build a tree and, and it would be neat just to see, you know, all of the, all of the things that go into them and and um man that's i they put a lot more work into a tree than what i'm paying you know than what a person <laughs> you know, cause, i mean you could buy a tree yeah. for from 500 to a thousand and even more than that and man i'm thinking they're they're putting a lot more time into a saddle tree than 500 dollars worth <laughs> yeah anyhow, so yeah well you're too busy building saddles to build that's trees a, <laughs> that's right that's right i i a lot of times i if i see a see a dollar bill hanging out on a fishing line you know i'll, I'll run across a couple 20s to get to that dollar bill just because i think it may be fun to grab it you know <laughs> so she, she gets myself in the foot <laughs> yeah, but, oh, yeah, that's funny. So, yeah. So, um do you do you build uh, you probably build equal number but i, I just kind of become a fan of the of the in skirt riggins uh i don't know if it if for me it just seems like it's less bulky and it seems like it's just uh it, i think it just fits the horse better and you can i think i think too you can get a lighter saddle which i think is good too um i mean I, that's just my thoughts i mean what what are your thoughts on yeah, that so um i mean that's a you know that, what rigging is better i mean that's a it, yeah, well, no. no i just say like it's it's in different people i mean it's that's a that's a topic that you're not going to convince any one person, you know, which one to like better. Me personally, I personally like a, an in-skirt rigging um, better. And um, 
And most of my saddles, I would say probably 95% of the saddles I build are an in-skirt rigging. Um, but I, yeah, I, the, I think, you know, you can get that saddle a little lighter and whether or not yeah. the person can feel less leather underneath their legs, there is less leather, be, you know, underneath their legs, whether they can feel it or yeah. not, there is. Um, but yeah, you know, kind of how, uh, the in-skirt patterns that, that I've kind of come up or that I, the style that I kind of go with it, you know, it kind of encompasses the tree. It kind of wraps around the tree. Um, and so you're, you're lugging the rigging to the tree in, in more than just, uh, you know, a three by three inch square on the, on the outside of the bar pad, you, you know, type of a deal. And it'll wrap around and, um, and, and even my in-skirt riggings, I even bring them and kind of tie them up into the ground seat. And, and so right. that's my opinion is that, that they do fit. Yeah. I guess I like the way they fit better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. But anyhow, so. Gotcha. How about in terms of, uh, tooling, you know, uh, to uh you know rough out do you do you do more tooling i mean do you think people they like to order your saddles uh because of your style of tooling and stuff or or is it fit or is it is a combination i mean well i think it starts from they just want to see my kids get fed really <laughs> you know? they, they, feel, they feel bad for my family so they order saddles from me but but uh hell i don't uh um I, I carve a lot on my saddles and, um, I probably like, I, yeah, I, most of my saddles have carving on it, whether it's a lot of carving or a little carving. I don't do a whole lot of geometric stamps, um, just cause people don't order those from me, but, um, and then I do, I do a handful of rough out, but most of the saddles are carved. Um, I try to, I've, I've, I've tried to price my carving so that, because the more I carve, the better I'm going to get at. And so right. in my pricing, um, I've kind of priced my, my, my stuff so that people, so it'll be that borderline where it's not overly priced, but it's not underpriced, but it will give me a chance to, they'll still, they'll pay me to improve myself. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You're kind of like getting, you're you're getting a, a, a scholarship uh, when you're with your saddle a little bit <laughs> to a certain degree. They're paying you to learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. And and by doing so, I mean it's been fun to. Uh, I mean that carving. That's a whole. That's a whole other bag of you know bag of tricks right there. Um, and it's yeah. uh, it's just it's really fun to try new things because you know kind of pre-social media you had a couple different styles of carving and anymore i mean it's just all a combobbled mess i mean you, you take at you know characteristics from this style and mix it in with that one and and use this and different things and man i can't man as far as i'm concerned the the leather crafting world i don't think there's ever been a a neater time to be a part of it than right now because you have the you can just pick up your phone and and scroll through somebody that you you know i mean that, that you would never have met prior to facebook yeah. or instagram you know and 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 then not yeah. only that but um i've i've heard multiple old-time saddle builders say how hard it was to get information from um from other saddle builders, you know, and, and right. that's another thing right now. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are, are willing to teach and pass along their, their, their skills, you know, and that's, that's all, I mean, it's, right. it's neat. It's, it's really, it's, it's, I mean, it's pretty cool, you know, that, and, and yeah. it's just like what you were saying earlier about, about, you know, you were, you know, tinkering around with little projects here and there and, and it's, it's made it easier for people to say, oh, maybe I'll, I'd like to try that, you know, and, and then they can go ahead and do it and, 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 and create a new hobby for themselves. Right, right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, I, I, I would still love to do it someday, but I, I, just, I, I just don't think it's going to be in the cards. I got, I got two 
fires in the fires. I, I think I took enough runs at it through my life. I think the Lord. <laughs> you know okay. You know what you they know. say, some days you catch the bus and other days it runs you over. So maybe you just have to get back on the bus, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, for that's sure. Cool. Yeah. Pretty well, nice. so, so, um, man, six years, that's a, that's a, that's, that's a long time, huh? <laughs> I never, and I've I heard, never. I've heard this before though, too, you know, and, and, you know, just like with boots and, and, and other makers and stuff, you know, but. That, that speaks volumes well, for your work. Or I can tell you this. I can say, well, I'm six years out. And I got two saddles to build, too. You know, it's, like, you know, it's, it's however you want to look at it. Hell, I can tell you eight years, you know. <laughs> so, That's funny. No, it's, That's I'm, funny. Very, I'm very, very thankful that it has. I can't, yeah. I can't express how much appreciation I have for people that, that has uh, won one of my saddles you know that's that's it's it's pretty neat i'm pretty flattered so yeah it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. and your shop's right there on your yeah, place yep. so it's just yeah just yeah 100 well not even this i don't know 75 feet away from my house so not far at all so. yeah that's that makes it easy to get a cup of coffee and a biscuit <laughs> well hey brian we're getting kind of close to the end of our time here um you, you you got a favorite uh, hat brand? Uh, so um, I I don't know. I've got I've bought some Americans and I've bought some from uh, the cow lot. Who who you you've uh, I think yeah you talked to the owner one time in in one of the podcasts or something I believe so. But but um, yeah no just I don't have any one particular brand. I just if I like the hat you know I like it. <laughs> If it fits in in shape, oh, right? I had Amish hats and all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know, my the biggest uh, criteria I have for a hat is I I don't like a hat that just completely falls apart when if it gets rained on or snowed on or, or something like that. That just drives me crazy, you know. But um, so anyhow, <laughs> I just yeah, I like a hat that that holds up. So. So you, so you, well, in, in the ones that hold up are the ones that got a little more beaver in them. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what I've heard. I, yeah, I've been, it'd be neat to talk to somebody that, you know, and, but if I talked to somebody, I'd probably get a wild hair and want to start building hats or something. I don't know. <laughs> so I better just, just look at them on the internet, you know? <laughs> uh, so how about boots? You got a favorite boot, boot well, brand? That's or? another internet. So no, not really. I uh, actually I bought my uh, a pair of boots a couple of weeks ago. That's the first pair of boots I bought in probably probably seven seven years, maybe eight years. I just usually I just resold my own boots. Right. <laughs> oh, you do? Okay. But, uh, and, but then I had some soles that were getting wore out, and I. Was, I don't want to do it. And so I just went and bought a pair of boots, but, but again, Dan, that's just something that, you know, that holds up and, and looks good. So. <laughs> well, you know, you, you better not, you don't want people to know about you that you can resole boots and stuff because you're going to have them lined up at your door. You know, it's, it's hard to find guys that, that resole, you know, I mean, I mean, you, you got to send them to a boot, but boot makers are usually busy building boots, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have a I have a sign that says I am not am not a boot builder. <laughs> so, so yeah, so hopefully it shuts them up before they even ask. You know that. So. <laughs> Funny. How about cowboy movies? You got a favorite cowboy movie? Yeah. Yep. Rounders is my all-time favorite cowboy movie. So yeah. Is it that's, okay? That's it right there. So, but. I think though that, that's might, um. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I think there. Uh, I think there's some. Uh, there's a. There's another movie that's called The Rounders, like that was made later. But this is the one with Glenn Ford and Henry Fonda. Well, oh, yeah, with Glenn Ford, absolutely. I I, I know that yeah, movie. No, yeah, that's the. That's the all time. That's my all time favorite cowboy movie. It's it's kind of funny too because. My kids, so Howdy, my boy's name's Howdy, and that's, that's, that's where I think it come from there. 
But anyhow, in that show, you know, they're always saying, howdy, howdy. And for the longest right. time, howdy, you know, we'd go somewhere and, and like we'd be walking into a store, you know, and somebody would say, you know, tell us, say, hey, howdy, you know, just saying hi to us. And one time I remember my wife, she told me, she's like, they're walking into Wally World or, some, or Walmart and she's like, some guy said that to him and he's like, he looked at mom and he says, how, how did he know my name? You know? <laughs> and, then, and then you get people saying to him all the time, howdy, howdy, you know, and, he, and he's kind of picking up on it. I mean, he's, he's got it figured out now. He's watched the movie enough now, but the back in the, he's like, why, why? I in the heck of in my name twice, you know, <laughs> you know? So, but no, that's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's my favorite, favorite movie right there. So, but there, there are a lot of good that's cowboy great. movies, but that's probably my favorite one. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, we all, we all got that one that, that, uh, you know, we hold near and yeah, dear. So that's exactly, exactly. So <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time, man. I know you're busy. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm still putting pressure on you from my shotgun. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm get, getting down to the wire now. So I, yeah, I gotta get, gotta get rolling on that's I guess that's what, uh, defines a good craftsman is waiting to the last minute to get them done. You know, <laughs> when you, you teach yourself yeah, how to work no... under pressure. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's, that's how you make diamonds, you know? <laughs> So no, I, I, Dan, I appreciate you having me on your podcast. I really do. It's uh, when, when you're in the shop and that you, you get tired of listening to the radio and, and you get tired of this or that. So it is fun to turn on podcasts and, and to listen. And it has been neat to listen to all of the guests that you have had on, on your show. And just, I mean, it, it's, you know, back in the day, a cowboy was somebody who, who hopped, you know, I mean, they, they rode a horse, moved cows, you know, rode, and it's neat to see how the term cowboy is, <laughs> it goes a lot of different directions now that, you know, and it's just neat to see how um, people are, are doing their best to connect to those roots of, of being a cowboy, you know, so it's, it's, yeah, I commend you for what you're doing, so. <laughs> I, pre I appreciate it, Brian, I do, man, and, uh, if people want to follow you and, and check your stuff out. Uh, what's your Instagram handle again? Um, so it's, uh, it's uh, Kend Kendrick Saddles is what it is on Instagram. And then Facebook, it's just Brian Kendrick. And so, yeah. Okay. And, and Instagram, it's it's Kendrick, K-E-N-D-R-I-C-K underscore Saddles, yeah, underscore, right? Underscore, yep. And then Saddles. All right. So. Very cool. <laughs> Well, hey, man, thanks again. I appreciate it. And, and uh, I'll be posting lots of pictures once I get my, uh, my shotguns. I'm, I'm going to be doing a lot of them this year because I, I, I think yeah, I told you, you I, I got me a little job there up at, uh, at uh, Rancho de los Caballeros, the, the old um, dude ranch here. And my, my friend, he's the head wrangler there. And so uh, I'm going to be uh, – I'm either going to be entertaining or something. I don't know. It, uh, it, it, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, so. I, I'm okay with you posting pictures. You just got to put a disclaimer up there that getting a pair of shotguns for me is like getting a Twinkie from a girl I used to date. I mean, it just, it's just, <laughs> you know, yeah, I got, yeah, there, yeah, you got to catch me. It's like, bro, it's right. It's like riding a unicorn. Yeah, it is. It sure is. Yeah, it sure is. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll definitely yeah. put a disclaimer. Uh, on no, there. it's it's good. <laughs> All right, Brian. Uh, hey, man. Yeah. Well, we'll be we'll be in touch. Well, thank you. Heck yeah, it was good visiting with you. Yeah, you too, man. Cowboys and cowgirls at. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler I drive that old back road until it ends At the roping pen We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs Twenty thousand dollar horses, then there's my own stick All 
Although we're all the same The minute we ride in To the roping pen can tell Someday I just might be We'll turn a few steers And we'll tell a few lies Kick back in the saddle And philosophize Most of life's problems Yeah, we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money You were always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope Now he's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the roping pen And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack You can back it up Oh, but we're all friends no matter who wins, down at the roping pen. Well, I ain't no play your speed. But I give hell, hey, you never can tell. Someday I just might be. We'll turn another pair of steers, tell a few more lies. Drink another beer and hypothesize most of life's problems. By God, we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen. We'll see y'all again next weekend down at the roping pen. Down at the roping pen.